All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Keel Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne and I am your host and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of exceptional people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. If you are enjoying the journey and these conversations, please do give us a little love wherever you're listening. These reviews, stars, and your comments do go a long way, so we really appreciate them. Lastly, before we dive in, this podcast is supported by Keo, which is our daily mental fitness app. All these incredible guests end up loaded in-app to help guide you through your daily mental fitness. So just search KYO in the Apple App Store and it will pop up. Thank you, as always, for listening and for your attention. Have the best day yet. So today I'm chatting with Johnny for the second time on the podcast, which I could not be happier about. We had to have him back on the show as he's about to release. Actually, it's out now, The Golden Sequence, a manual for reclaiming our humanity. It's just packed full of 20 plus years of Johnny's wisdom and experience in the meditation, yoga, I just say mind and body space in general. So really happy we're able to have this conversation before the book went live and share it with all of you. So before we dive in though, just anyone that hasn't listened to the first episode or doesn't know who Johnny is, I'll I'll provide a bit of context. He is best known for bringing meditation to the mainstream through his organization, One Giant Mind. He also is recognized for leading mass meditations at some of the world's biggest lifestyle events and festivals like Wonderless, Lightning in a Bottle, The Big Quiet, and so forth. And he teaches private meditation and personal development for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, political leaders, and wellness experts across yoga and meditation. So enjoy this conversation. Johnny, who are you? <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a human being. Uh, <laughs> I am a person who uh, cares about humanity. I am uh, a father, uh, a husband, uh, a son, a brother, and um, someone who holds the the idea of family and community and belonging very dear to my heart. Somebody who cares about um, well-being, being well, and learning how to to, to master that in a world that um, you know really opposes <laughs> our well-being sometimes or a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. That that's that's how I define myself. I, I like to define myself more by based on you know my values and, and how I live rather than kind of what I've achieved. Yeah, what you do. So, yeah, but you know, to, to answer your question, what what I do, I'm a, I'm a meditation teacher and a, and a personal consultant. Um, uh, I consult to generally high performing individuals or high net worth individuals. Most of the time, they go hand in hand, um, and I, I teach people how to optimize their their humanity to mm-hmm. to live the most fulfilling life. And for some people, that means you know. Um, you're functioning at a very high level with an immense pressure um, while still maintaining uh, everything that's really important to them in their life. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what I, um, 
that's what I specialize in prior prioritizing. Sure. Sure. And I'll, I definitely want to loop back to that a little bit because I feel like we're, we're, we're seeing a, a trend or a little bit more of a mass adoption of practices and mindsets of, like you said, you know, high performing people doing, you know, prioritizing this type of work and, and, you know, self-development let's say in, in in a way but now it seems to be spreading like the secrets out in in some capacity and i'd love to talk to you about that a little bit later but first just for for everyone um who is potentially new to the podcast this this is the second interview uh johnny gracefully uh helped kick this podcast off as one of the first guests on the show so i was just testing you johnny to see if who you are was relatively the same (laughs) (laughs) there's a nice little evolution there but it's pretty much you know thematic thematical the same so um well let's 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 go to that place where you know when when we talk about some of your your work with some of these individuals like what do you think is 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 really stimulating this thirst to I would describe it as almost slow down and almost reevaluate us as a, as a, as a human in terms of everything, right? Like what we're working on our relationships, like there's people are hitting walls, there's mental health related issues across the world. It's, we're in a bit of a turmoil here. And it, it seems like in the wellness space, thankfully people are are starting to become more open to practices that maybe would have turned off others in the past. Have you, you must, you must be seeing this, this evolution. I'm just curious on to your thoughts on that. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I mean, of course it's, it's going through the roof, um, in terms of, you know, you know, people taking up meditation and, you know, evaluating their diet and their, their exercise regime, all the, all the things that kind of have been around for quite some time. But I think that the, the approach to it is becoming more sophisticated mm-hmm. and um, the why is becoming more pressing. Um, in most of the people that come to me, um, their, their, their original intention uh, changes pretty quickly after about six weeks of working with me because the, the context of what they're, what they're learning um, well, what, what they're learning changes the context of why they came to me in the first place. So often people will come to me, they're very stressed uh, yeah. and they're looking for ways to minimize the impact of stress so they can continue functioning at the level that they're functioning at. And, um, you know, without necessarily thinking that the way that they're functioning is unsustainable, they want, they, they kind of, they want painkillers so they can keep, playing on the field sort of thing yeah yeah and um you know over a period of time i gently pull back the curtain to reveal the unsustainability of their approach and um explore and examine ways of of outputting at really high levels while at the same time tending to and nurturing both themselves and all the things that they deem the most important to themselves um, being you know their family and relationships um and their their health uh, and so in that process, um, everything, the, the perspective of what they're doing and why they're doing it gets changed because what we do is we, we get to the heart of what is causing them to be pushing themselves so hard in the first place. Sure. And, and quite often when we're, when we're working as hard as we do 
that, that causes um, a, a gross imbalance in our well-being, the chances are that you're being motivated by a, an unsustainable force, namely fear. <laughs> you know, sure. fear of failure, fear of um, not being successful, fear of not hitting the milestones, fear of not fulfilling potential, fear of missing an opportunity, fear of not having enough. I mean, you know, all of these things, uh, you know, are, are prevalent in most people, particularly high-performing people um, that are really just so driven. Um, and what I notice is a common theme is that for the most part, not everybody, but mo- for the most part, what's, what, what, what the underlying force is that's driving most of these people is fear. And you get to a certain point when you're driven by fear um, that uh, it starts to have a serious wear and tear on the, on the physiology and therefore the psychology and your emotions and your ability to, to connect and relate to the world in a way that's, that's meaningful, um, where, where you're not having to place a demand on the world to get with your program. You know, a lot of these people, uh, uh, you know, are always making demands on everybody to just, you know, get with their greatness. And um, what it does is it causes enormous strain on everybody around them. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time evaluating that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, and so uh, I, when I look at what I do and then I look at the greater world and the, and the market and the trends and all of that, you know, there's a common theme there. Everybody's experiencing this to some extent um, and um, you know what what's occurring now because of the unsustainability of it and when I say unsustainability is that you know people are really suffering with their stress and anxiety We've had, we have a, a depression a epidemic in the world right now and depression is the byproduct of experiencing high levels of anxiety for too long a period of time anxiety leads to depression we depression is essentially you know a feeling of being defeated by anxiety by the worry the fear of something terrible happening Mm -hmm. um and um although for most people the the threat of danger is um imagined uh biologically we don't know the difference and we 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 feel this immense pressure and and danger and and fretting of the future, um, yeah. that, um, you know, causes us to, to, to go into panic mode and, and, and operate like that most of the time. And eventually, you know, it, it just causes such a, a, a gross deterioration in our, in our entire system. And we, we lose ourselves, we lose our sense of self. And then it all starts to implode from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, in a way, you know, kind of, looking at the the 40,000 foot view um at least I'm coming to this realization I'm not surprised like you know and you talk a little bit about this in your in your new book which we'll get into a little later but like our bodies are just not geared for this current environment correct right mm-hmm. and i mean sleep is no longer enough to to heal and recover from the massive amount of like stimulus and constant content and all of that that you know we're we have to do something else (laughs) yeah we we need to be very at this point in the game it's my opinion that we need to be very strategic in in developing a a regime of recovery from the onslaught of of stimulation day to day we need to factor in every single day a 
a, a portion of our time dedicated to recovering. And, um, you know, exercise is great. Diet is great. Uh, but that, you know, that's only one component of it. What we need to be doing is tending to the nervous system and, um, and the brain and alleviating the immense pressure that we're putting on both those aspects of our physiology um, to uh, hit, hit the, re- the factory reset button um, to restore normality. And normality is, you know, a, a, a very sort of easy capability to be present in the moment, to receive the challenges and demands of life um, without feeling overwhelmed by them and to respond to them with a degree of creative intelligence that enables us to progress through life, utilizing life's challenges and demands as stepping stones for increasing our capability, increasing mm-hmm. our, our capacity to be more artful in the way that we live. That's, that, that's, our, that's our normal baseline. That's, that's what we were de- how we were designed to operate. That's our potential as human beings. We've got this massive brain, this very, very dynamic, complex nervous system that gives us the, the capacity to interpret reality with such sophistication to respond in such a way that life is always working for us. And it's when we become overwhelmed by stress that it impacts our, our brain's capacity to perceive reality accurately. Um, and... Uh, as a result, we, you know, we, we, we mistake the moment. And as a result, we, we react and create circumstances that perpetuate cycles that we're so desperately seeking to escape from. Yeah, so that's so well said. And I, I love the concept of restoring normality. I mean, that that really hits home, I think. Yeah, and for, unfortunately, for most people, they don't they don't know what that is. They've forgotten it, or they've, they've they've never really experienced it. Some people get born into very very stressful um, yeah. situations, and so that normality isn't hasn't actually been stabilized. And so, as human beings, you know, bringing new human beings into the world, which I've just had the great fortune of experiencing. Um, you know, understanding how sensitive we are as little little babies growing up in the world, and how important it is that we we nurture normality and stability and connection um, in order for us to establish the foundation that we require in continuing our development properly. And we know through the study of the brain that you know if we skip certain develop- developmental phases early on as children, as babies and as children, then we inhibit the full development of the brain as we move into um, adolescence and into adulthood. And that subsequently has huge implications in the way that we, we show up in the world. And, that, you know, we're seeing uh, a, a, a whole generation or generations of, um, you know, to some extent, you know, chronic brain failure. You know, well, the reason mm. why we're, we are experiencing what we're experiencing in the world right now which is an acute level of dysfunction uh, relative to our capability, our potential. Um, I put it down to you know the um, the lack of brain development uh, relative to, to to how we're supposed to be developing. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, fascinating and scary at the same time, obviously, but mm. somewhat hopeful because of you know individuals like yourself and many others that are have devoted you know their their lives to doing everything kind of we all can to find that 
you know, that insight to bring someone in or find whatever that is to, to open up the thinking, I guess, to at least start. Cause even, even as you mentioned with some of your, your clients, like, you know, it's, it's, you said it's roughly six weeks in, they, like there, there's some time there of, of self-discovery and, and some research and, you know, maybe probably clearing the, clearing the clouds so that you can actually take in the fact that, okay, there's, there is a source problem here, right? It's not yeah. just the painkillers. So, yeah. Um, and everyone's different, obviously. Everyone's, everyone's different, but everyone's the same, actually. <laughs> what I've discovered after teaching, you know, thousands of people, it's, you know, everyone is essentially the same. We, we're, we're a species um, with, you know, a, a common design. And um, uh, I, I find that wonderful and fascinating. And that actually gives me a lot of hope. Um, and what also gives me a great deal of hope is the fact that, you know, our bodies can recover from this condition. Our brains can recover. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of studies now that demonstrate how the brain can restructure itself, rejuvenate. It can grow. The frontal lobe can actually grow as a result of meditating and increase cognitive capability, um, restructure itself by virtue of neuroplasticity. And all it requires is the, the, the habit of repetition and constantly exposing ourselves to... Um, you know, physical and environmental conditions that are nurturing and supportive of this of this development and growth. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot out there now to to support people to be able to do this. It's just getting through to people <laughs> to yeah, make the commitment to doing that. And you know, and the the condition of stress uh, can be very convincing. That sure. every, everything else is far more important than taking care of ourselves right now. Yeah. And this is this is the great the great challenge that we have to face is breaking that down. Well, and, and I think that's where where people are different, like different different cues or different stories or different methods practices. Like everyone has a has a different entry point or or the you know a way of that light bulb going off. But I like how you said you're you're right. We we are all the same at the very core of it. Once we get through some of this noise, right? It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So. I'd love to chat before we get into some of the concepts of the book, because um, it's, it's it's a beautifully written book. Um, by the time this podcast is out, the book will be out, so everyone will be able to pick up a copy, and we'll, we'll link into that in the show notes, of course. But first, I mean, for you personally, you're in a pretty interesting time in your life that um, I would describe as a, a almost a transition period in some capacity in terms of, as you mentioned, you have a, a, a beautiful new baby girl, the business in itself is, you know, going through kind of rapid expansion and, you know, program development um, with the, the teaching academy, you know, running these kind of big uh, group led meditations with, um, the uh, the big quiet and and Jesse and all of them so like there's a lot going on in your world as we speak as well and I'm curious how you've been able to leverage your own practices to kind of stay in check and be able to manage all of this and where you may have struggled yeah um, well I you know to be completely transparent it's been one of the most challenging periods of time in my life. Um, in terms of the demand of my uh, adaptability, <laughs> you know, uh, sure. processing unmet expectations, um, and and then and then just 
being very agile to adapt to the demand in the moment. Uh, I've been utilizing absolutely every single tool that I have in my bag, my, my well-being bag, you know, yeah. or, or, or yeah. from meditation to, you know, diet, sleep, um, exercise, uh, everything that I have available to me, I'm, I'm, I'm optimizing and constantly refining um, in order to, to create some degree of normality. And, you know, there have been many occasions through this process, particularly in the last six months, where, you know, I've had a real spike in stress levels. And although the mind might be very calm, the body's just going, this is, you know, there's too many demands here. There's mm. too much pressure. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a wonderful period of time in, in a, from an experimental standpoint to really see, see to what extent what I teach um, how effective it is <laughs> because quite often, you know, for, for, for the most part in the last sort of 10 years, I've, I've managed to stay in a, in a relatively um, stabilized sort of um, area where the demands might spike for moments but my ability to recover is, is, is almost instantaneous. And in the last six months, just with everything that's going on, launching the One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy, um, the book, as well as all these other programs and partnerships, and there's, there's just lots going on. And then throw a little baby into the mix. Yeah, um, which in itself in, is, is yeah. a huge adjustment, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Living in New York City, nonetheless, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is probably one of the most stimulating cities in the world, um, you know, that was a recipe for you know, uh, a real challenge yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, and, and, and remain so, but you know, I've, it, it just, it just caused me to have to lift my, my game, my, my recovery game. And so I'll, I'll meditate three times a day. Um, you know, I'll make it an effort to do some kind of exercise, whether it's just jumping on a city bike, going to all my meetings. Um, we'll, we'll eat really well, really clean, really light. We will, you know, get to bed early. We carve out plenty of time so that, you know, my wife and I uh, are spending time just really connecting and sharing about what our experience is worth during the day. We we make sure that we've got real quality time playing with Safira and giving her, you know, the quality of our loving attention. And we just, you know, it's non-negotiable. Yeah. These are the things that we have to hit every single day. And, you know, I've noticed in the days that we don't, you know, it, it, it's really destabilizing. And then I think about, you know, the way that most people live and, you know, my, my, what I'm doing right now, you know, millions of people are doing this every day. And, and I just wonder how it is that they, they manage. And then when we look at the statistics of, you know, the low levels of mental health, like last year was the lowest level of mental health on record in, um, in the United States and it's no wonder it's it's no wonder because you know I'm challenged with all the wonderful th tools that I have and I think about you know how do people do this without those tools it's extraordinary yeah well and I think that you know the the, the stats are answering that question loud and clear I can totally relate I mean because the same it was the same and what well, still is but when we when we launched Keo, I mean um we had a baby on the way and moving cities and all of this stuff, a complete career change. It was a real test to kind of practice what you preach. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Validate, yeah. right? Whether okay, yeah. this is actually work, what we're what we're talking about, and you know, incorporate all of these other things that that people are doing and different practices and mindsets. You know, from from individuals like yourself, um, and I often wonder too, like how I I can't imagine getting through this in any other way. So yeah, for but for me, it's just kind of up the up the drive that okay you know there's a lot of work to do and a lot of people to help um and the stats are in our face you know where you and i are experiencing it as well just personally so we've got to double down and 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 do what we can right so yeah yeah well i mean you know i'm acting out of a a sense of kind of urgency and a and a, a burning conscience you know, with all the knowledge that, that I've accumulated over the last sort of 20 odd years studying, um, you know, I feel a, a deep sense of responsibility to share this Yeah. because, you know, the, the resolution to our challenges is eminently sort of uh, achievable and it's, it's, it's within our grasp if we can just get over the hump of ignoring uh, our suffering mm-hmm. and and continuing to to plow forward despite uh, everything inside of us saying stop slow down yeah. recalibrate ask yourself what you're doing here why why are you doing what you're doing you know and um if we can get over that hump if we can if we can make that a, a, a an irresistible proposition for people um then I think we'll, we'll have a huge amount of success in really shifting the needle on what's going on here and how we're living. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, and, and it's probably a good transition into the, the book that's about to come out. And I, I wanted to ask you, John, I mean, you spent, I, th- I believe, over a year um, writing it and you were in India, I believe, at, at one point as well, writing a large portion of this. And so then, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, that process finishes and then the book kind of like disappears for a bit with, <laughs> with, with publishers or there's, there's back and forth, but now it's back full force. So how, like, how's that been for you from an emotion standpoint? Are you like re-energized with the project or like, what's that like for, for people that obviously don't go through this process of publishing a book? Yeah. I mean, it's a huge thing. Anybody that's written a book knows all about it, um, particularly the first one. And this is my first book. And so it was a massive undertaking. Yeah. I started writing it in India, in, in India and I went there because that's where uh, I feel most energized um, from a knowledge standpoint, you know, all this, all the knowledge base that I've, that I draw my wisdom from and that I've studied within derives from India. And so it's in fitting that I'd, you know, uh, lock myself in a, in a, in a room on the Ganga River in the foothills of the Himalayas in northern India for about, I think it was about four and a half, five months, wow. which was the first phase of writing the book. Um, and just day in, day out, completely immerse myself in the process. And um, it was an extraordinary uh, process. You know, there's nothing like reflecting on what you know to refine <laughs> how you teach it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so it was, a, it was remarkable. You know, my challenge was to, to extract the, the key notes um, from a very vast body of knowledge um, and to compile it uh, in a way that um, is palatable to the Western sensibility 
that, that creates context for yeah. um, um, this ancient knowledge in modern time. And, you know, the beautiful thing was I had, you know, 10 plus years of teaching experience of this, of this particular system um, that made it very easy and enjoyable. I had a lot of anecdotal um, sort of resources to draw from to tell stories and things about, you know, how to make this knowledge applicable. Um, so, you know, the, to answer your question, um, you know, it's, it's a really long process. There's, there's no such thing as instant gratification writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even when it's published and it goes out under the shelves or, you know, to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or everywhere it's been sold, you know, even then, you know, you've got about a two to three week window to, to really make your mark if you're going to kind of um, generate some big momentum. Otherwise, it's a very slow burn. It's, sure. it's a lot of hard work. Because it's a very it's a very noisy space, you know. There are thousands and thousands of books being released every year, tens of thousands of books. Yeah. And and you know you think about a bookshop, and you think about okay, <laughs> uh, there's only so much shelf space, right? Sure. And and there's there's literally thousands of books being released every day, um, and. And so it's like, well, who gets the shelf space sure. and how long? And, and then you go, oh my God, this is a very cutthroat competitive space. So, you know, what my, what my aspirations are for this book is it, it's, it's got a timeless quality to it. Um, it's, a, it, it's about a method. It's called the golden sequence. Um, and the golden sequence is, a, is a, a method, a process by which any individual who's experiencing um, the involuntary bondage of defensiveness, fearful thinking, uh, anxiety, and feel entrenched in, in suffering you know, because of this experience, how to bring themselves out of it and reconnect with the power of the creative intelligence that resides in the heart that's always there if you can access it. The, the book outlines a very simple, practical methodology by which we can access this deeper wisdom that resides in us that gives us the capacity to see reality for what it is to see beyond the delusions of the, uh, you know, the threat of danger, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, you know the, the, the delusion of danger that's not real is what keeps us locked in this cycle of fear. And what this process does, it gives us a very, very simple framework to be able to evaluate the, the present moment in a very constructive way and reorientate ourselves to an innate intelligence. And it, and it, it describes that, you know, without any ambiguity, it, it breaks everything down in, in a in a in a really practical way that um, provides you with a framework by which you can sequentially go through a process to arrive at the truth of the present moment. Because when we when we can see something for what it is, then we have power, we have clarity, we have power, yeah, and then we have certainty to to move forward. It's when we're not sure, when we're confused, we're doubting. We're doubting ourselves. We're doubting a circumstance that makes us apprehensive and causes us to be defensive. And so this is what it, this is basically what it spells out, which is, as far as I'm concerned, the single most important skill that every single human being needs to learn right now. Yeah. And, and that we're, we're just not equipped from the very beginning, or, or maybe, maybe we start off life as a, you know, as a, as a child with those innate abilities, but it's quickly, quickly tapered down, right. As you go through go through the world. So it's, it's great. The other thing I really love about, there was a section in the book where you mentioned, and this, to me, this kind of goes against 
um, what people are trying to do right now in the sense of releasing these books and saying these are menu items, like jump around the book all over the place, pick what you need. And you're saying, no, you don't know, like if you're, if you're <laughs> going to do this, commit and go through this thing. Right. I think you use a reference of like, it's like, you don't leave out sections of a good recipe, right. When you're cooking a dish. Yeah. Um, Cause that, fundamentally throws the whole thing off. So I just love that because we're, it's going against the convention right now and it's needed, right? There, I mean, there's, there are different topics, different areas, obviously that I think that style works, but in this case, especially given where we're at right now um, as humans and in, in, in society, it's time to sit down and, and focus on you and really dive deep, go through this from page one right to the back, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's called the golden sequence and the word sequence is the operative term here. You know, everything within the book um, points to a, a iterative process of development. And this is what we've become disconnected from as human beings is that everything within nature is in a process of evolving iterating progressively sequentially everything within nature has a sequence like nature doesn't skip sequences or or parts of its process of uh, of growing and um you know we humans are always looking for a hack a term that i have a a growing sort of allergy towards you know all of this hacking as if you know we can sort of outsmart nature yeah and it's it's you know i appreciate the sentiment you know that we want to get clever and efficient in our processes of of growing and optimizing our health and performance and all of that but not at the expense of of our innate design and our nature and our nature is that there is a very sophisticated intelligent and complex process um are taking place within us yeah and it requires us becoming intimately connected with that acquainted with it and being in constant relationship with it to understand how we can optimize our humanity and what we notice in that is that everything happens in sequence in order there is an order in the expression in the underlying expression of our humanity and um I delineate that with no ambiguity in the in the book. Mm-hmm. I make it very very clear how that how that is expressed, and um, it, it it becomes a profoundly helpful um, framework to be able to reference every single situation where you feel overwhelmed and disconnected from from the present moment, from life, and feel powerless to make change. Because at the end of the day, you know, the, the tagline of the book is reclaiming the power of our humanity. And what I do is I define what power is and I define what our humanity is in a, in a way that is truly universal, that um, speaks to the core of what it is we desire uh, as human beings at the deepest level, which is, you know, deep connection with ourselves, deep connection with everybody around us, the ability to... Uh, uh, to, to drive our own personal development, our own personal growth, and to actualize our deepest desires to, to do that, to share in that experience, um, and, and to feel like we're, we're nurturing something that we belong to. We're serving something that we belong to. And that, that's the premise of the whole book, is that you know, we, we as human beings share that 
as a common universal desire to have those those essential three things and when we when we address that as the priority of our existence life transforms very very quickly when we make that priority number one as opposed to surviving just surviving if all we're doing is just surviving then all you're going to get is survival mode where you 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 make the decision to connect to a deeper reality and transcend the the, the propaganda of fear um, which governs our lives and governs our decisions and then informs culture of what it is um, when we can transcend that and establish a, a new experience of ourselves which is absolutely always there available for us right now if we can employ the technology to get access to it you know and i describe meditation and, and various other processes tech, you know um techniques uh to enable us to get to that state when we establish that and make that priority then you know we become an immense force in the world and that's that's the the, the movement that i and you know yourself and many other people i think are are, are working really hard to to, to generate momentum in. Well, I, I'm really happy you brought up survival mode because, and it, it links so perfectly with the, you know, that whole restoring normality, because I feel like the normality has, has, has turned into survival mode and most people don't, don't even realize that's the case, right? Like even simple things like we, we know that there's the sciences out there, even just with our phones and the, the light and the notifications that it's, it's literally putting our brains into that, you know, uh, flight or, uh, or fight scenario, right? Constantly. So yeah. it's, it's, it, this is, this is such a valuable tool to, I think, just step back and evaluate a bit and then provide to your point, provide the framework, provide the sequence I, I like the nature part because if you think about it i mean there's a reason we have a spring and a fall you know it might be longer mm -hmm. shorter at times but like you can't just eliminate that there's a, there's an it that's an issue if you do that yeah. right um and it's an interesting way to look at our our bodies and our mind and, and just us as humans in that kind of same light it's interesting I'd love for you yeah. to share a little bit of your your thoughts on because I really liked how you kind of reframe the word crisis, mm -hmm. and I feel like that relates um, quite a bit to obviously what we're just talking about now. But just like what, how, how do you frame that up? And maybe just share that with with the listeners. It's a, it's a really nice way to to rethink that, and that could be a nice step into opening up for you know more to to come in this space. Let's say. Yeah, sure. So crisis, in my opinion, is um, an inevitable uh, crescendo to um, the uh, unsustainability of a particular way of doing something or a, typ a typical mode of operation. And so we humans experience crisis points um, when the way that we've been doing it doing something, whatever it may be, or relating to something, is no longer sustainable. And when I say sustainable, it can no longer support um, our ability to continue moving forward. Now, at a crisis point, it, it generally you know, creates a fork in the road. The crisis can be for the best or it can be for the worst. And at a crisis point, um, we are confronted with a choice, an opportunity to um, either make it 
uh, a, an opportunity to grow or to um, continue ignoring the unsustainability of what we're doing and lead us to a enforced change, mm-hmm. a reactive change as opposed to a responsive change. And so um, crisis is an exciting time. Yeah. And we are, we are in crisis across every facet of our society and culture in this world right now. There is no aspect of our existence on the planet that is um, that hasn't reached a point of unsustainability. And I beg anybody to, 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 to debate that. Like every single aspect of what we are doing right now is unsustainable. And um, the, 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 um, the current state of mental health in the world is the, is the barometer for this. Mm-hmm. We are under enormous pressure and we need to listen to our body as a barometer for what is sustainable, what is unsustainable. And what, what we're uh, witnessing is the, the precursor for system collapse. The system cannot continue sustaining itself yeah. um, in, in this way. And so we have a choice in this moment to go, oh, okay, right. <laughs> we can see the unsustainability of it. What, what, what res- uh, resources do we have available to us, both you know, from a, a brain trust, you know, uh, a human spirit, uh, a, a sense of belonging to humanity, um, and you know, the physical material resources. Do we have available to us to um, redirect our attention, our priorities, and the way that we're existing, and redefining why we're doing what we're doing to come up with a new way? Yeah. And I believe that there are lots and lots of people on the planet that are dedicating their lives with such, you know, dedication and commitment, and and it's it's extraordinary. It's so inspiring. Um, and then you've got uh, the vast majority of the people on the planet that are still deeply entrenched in ignoring the all the the, the signals of crisis, or uh, you know, just investing in the, um, the 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 inevitability of it being a a collapse and and just feeling completely despondent and helpless to do anything about it and this is why we have a you know a global depressive epidemic right now you know depression is essentially you know a sen- an overwhelming sense of defeat that life has defeated us that's what depression is yeah and i believe that most people just believe that the, the problems in the world are just too great um for us to 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 reconcile and, you know, the proposition that I make in my book is that the only resolution for the world's problems are, 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 are micro actions because the world's problems are made up of um, micro problems, mm-hmm. you know, individual problems that form, you know, collective problems that form global problems. And it's a state of mind, a, a relationship to reality, a relationship to ourselves and our relationship to our existence um, that uh, is causing the problem. And we need to reframe what our relationship to reality is. We need to we need to reframe why we're here, what our responsibility is to our, to ourselves, to each other as human beings, to accept the responsibility of our belonging, the impact that we have on each other, by uh, by by just existing, and 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 how to optimize our individual presence on the planet to ensure that we are contributing everything we possibly can be to serve the greater good, to continue moving forward so that the whole system is supported. 
and you know when you think about <laughs> the way the world is right now it's it's probably the antithesis of that yeah and and so we've we've got to do like a full 180 and what it requires is individuals like you and I and, and, and the many thousands that are out there that are finding their power, reconnecting to that, finding their voices, and just being bold, stepping out there and, and, and sharing it um, wholeheartedly with as many people as possible with the hope of inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the mission. So, you know, crisis is opportunity. It's opportunity. And we have a remarkable opportunity now. We're, we're, we're in a position where we could very easily let go of the way we're living if we could see a better way. And, you know, the challenge for everybody now is just to start listening to all the people that are presenting, you know, propositions for better ways of living. And this is all all my book is, is a proposition for a better way of living. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And, you know, one of those, one of those propositions, and I I would have asked this, well, you know this, I asked this of all guests, but it's just the power and importance of a daily practice, which you outline, um, quite well in, in the book. So I, I'd love for you to share, you know, a piece of that uh, for you personally, you know, some of the non-negotiables in your life and maybe how that's helped you through your journey. And then we'll we'll wrap up with your three reflective questions. Uh, they don't have to be the same as the last podcast because that's our whole thing is that your life evolves and so do the questions. So uh, I'm curious to hear what's floating around in your, your mind. But yeah, the, the daily practice, uh, Johnny. Okay, uh, so uh, the first thing that I do when I get up is I go to the bathroom yeah. so that I don't wet, my, wet myself. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, I'll step outside. You know, luckily for me in New York, we've got a terrace and, you know, we can see uh, the sunrise. Not everybody in New York City can necessarily see that. Uh, but you, you can still um, make contact with the elements outside. And um, regardless of what season it is, I'll always step outside and just make contact with the natural world. And I'll give my attention to the sun and just connect with it in, uh, in the most sort of um, tangible way, meaning that it's this, this fiery, massive fiery orb that has such a powerful gravitational force that it causes all the planets in our solar system to, to revolve around it. Yeah. And I just, I just connect with that for a moment. And then I feel it's life-giving radiance on my skin and acknowledge that how it, it's, it's light is giving life to everything on the planet. It's, it's heating the planet at a perfect temperature so that it can sustain life. And then I acknowledge the earth and to the best degree that I can connect with the earth through my feet and just acknowledge that I exist on a planet that's hurtling at dizzying speeds through space hmm. um, and that I'm sharing this planet with, um, you know, nearly 8 billion others and then, you know, billions and billions of other life forms of, by, of whom I have a responsibility to, to coexist with in harmony, that we all share this planet. And so we all, we all belong to it and we all have a responsibility. So I really, really connect with that. Um, and then it, this might only take me, you know, 15 or 20 seconds. It's because I've been doing it for so long now. Yeah. It's just, you know, going through the process of just really connecting and bang. Okay. There it is. Well, and then, um, I'm going to pause you, Johnny, because yeah. I think the fact that you brought this up is so important, especially where you live, because I think a lot of, of individuals would think, you know, would relate to that or, um, 
think it's easier if you know you're in the middle of the jungle or you're on vacation in this majestic landscape um and the fact that you're in one of the busiest cities in the world and able to truly connect right with the sun and this mm. energy is 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 so important i think and, and and something that even even for myself i've really personally tried to do more of that it doesn't matter where you are you know, this is available to all of us anywhere. So sorry for interrupting, but thank you for sharing that. Yeah, not at all. And, you know, in the jungle or in the bush, as we say in Australia, um, (laughs) we, you know, I'm less inclined to to have to do that as a daily practice because I'm in it, you know, and and so my senses are are bathing in that that glory of nature. Um, But in the absence of it, I have to be more deliberate. I have to actually consciously connect. Uh, make it, you know, make, ritualize my connection to the earth. Whereas when I'm in nature, it's just happening, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, in New York City, that's absolutely what I do as a necessity. And so after that, I'll um, I'll do a, a very small sequence of yoga or movement. Um, I do a thing called Surya Namaskar, which is also referred to as the sun salutation. And it's just a very small sequence that just gets um, the energy moving in the body and opens my body up. If uh, Carla, my wife, sees me, she'll go, right, I want you to do it. She's a movement expert. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she, she'll, uh, she'll beat me up a little bit on the mat, sure. <laughs> which, is, which is always welcome. Um, and then uh, from there, I'll sit and meditate for anywhere from you know, 20 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on what the body needs. And, um, and then, uh, connect with my, my wife and my baby. And, you know, just before we dive into the intensity of the day, before I pick up a phone, before I look at emails, before I do anything, Mm. you know, we, we just be normal human beings. We just be people, you know, that care for each other and have a little bit of fun. We might put a bit of music on and, you know, just, connect you know as normal human beings and then open up the phone yeah and then you know look at the emails and go oh okay what a huge day here yeah and and, um and that you know as a just as a start i mean there are lots of other things that that i can recommend that you do but that as a start is just you know that way i'm ensured that i've started off on the correct trajectory and that I'm, i'm stable in myself you know, to, to deal with whatever challenges that might rise during the day. And you can always guarantee that there's going to be plenty of challenges that rises on any given day. Mm-hmm. And so that when you come home or, you know, when you, when you come back to reconnect with, with home and, and family, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a foundation there, you know. It's been tended to, it's been nurtured, and um, there's, there's not an absence of that. And, you know, if you don't tend to it, if you don't nurture it, and all you're doing is, is getting out of bed and just, you know, jamming into your day, what, what are you coming home to? Where's the foundation mm-hmm. of what it is that you're, you're doing all this work for in the first place? Powerful question. That's mm. yeah, very powerful. Well, thank you. And, and yeah, I encourage everyone listening. There's, there's, there are definitely other, um, suggestions of, of practices that you can take a look at that may be uh that may resonate more or less or whatever but there there are things but i agree, i agree with you you know 100 on owning 
owning that critical morning time because it's yeah you're right you can guarantee that after you know once that phone is 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 uh opened up that stuff's out of your control yeah it's a certain a certain um reality right so you know if you can start every morning off uh in control and 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 grounding yourself it's just it's so powerful yeah Uh, so i'd love to get johnny just to respect your time and, and start wrapping up um as we speak you know what's kind of circulating in your life right now as as some reflective questions and if we can get three of those and again, they, they, they could be consistent from what you left before. I didn't even look what you left before. So don't, don't ask that. We can look it up in the, in the app, but yeah, I, I, I didn't look either. You know, so whatever comes to mind but, right now, that's, that's working for you. Yeah. Um, why am I doing this? Hmm. Um, does this serve, um, the greater good? And is my, is my approach sustainable to, um, ensuring the the ever growing strength and connection and the nurturing of you know, my family unit. I love that. Yeah, you know, I mean, just intuitively from memory, I think the new one is is that last question, the sustainability. Yeah, right. Of course, because um, I've had a baby since which, then, which yeah. makes sense. No, for sure. Uh, I can't, uh, you know, I can't thank you enough for, for doing a round two on the podcast. And it's exciting for me too, to, th- to think that we're, we're getting to round twos on this. It's, it's crazy. Cause this whole thing just started up, out as like, we should really, you know, share some of these conversations that we're having. And, <laughs> yeah. and here we are, it's been the highlight of my, you know, this whole journey for, uh, for me personally. So yeah, well, it's always a pleasure talking with you, Mark. Thank you. And, you know, as we, as we wrap the last question is, you know, what, what makes you smile each day? Well, right now <laughs> to behold my, my little baby girl. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, there, there are lots of things that make me smile, but you know, you, you know, you know, the, to see your own child, you know, sleeping or just smiling at you or you know, interacting with you. It's just, it is everything. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely everything. Yeah. Thank you so much and uh, have an incredible day. You too, mate. And thank you again for having me on the show. I love chatting with you. Appreciate the support. 